Good evening. How we doing? I'm glad they turned those lights up because I'm old and I can't see very far in the dark. My name is Kent. I think everybody knows me. Mostly everybody knows me. I'm the worship guy that leads on Sunday mornings. And uh, Nick had to preach tonight in Cynthiana, Kentucky. So he asked me if I'd fill in for him or if I'd do this. And I said, you know, I'm always honored to uh, stand in the name of, of Jesus. Are you happy to be in church? I uh, was praying and thinking about what I wanted to share with you tonight. Uh, I knew I was going to do this a couple of weeks ago or a week and a half ago, and I started thinking about it. And uh, there's a passage of Scripture that I ran across when I was in college, and it really, really, really spoke to my heart. Uh, But first I want to share with you a story. There was a very wealthy uh, businessman who had a son that was going to be graduating from college. And uh, this son, you know, was privileged, and there's nothing wrong with that. And he was graduating, and every day, him and his dad would ride past on their way home this car lot, and there was this red sports car sitting there in the showroom. And this kid wanted this car. And he told his father, he said, that's what I want for my graduation present. I want that car. You guys remember being young? A lot of you are still young. Yeah. See if you're awake. Anyway, so he wanted this car. And uh, so when, when it come time to graduate, his father called him into the big study, a study of their house, you know, this beautiful place, library. He called him in there, and he said, well, you've graduated. I'm proud of you. You've done a wonderful thing. And so he reached down in his drawer of the desk, and he pulled out this box, and it had a Bible in it. And he said, here's your graduation present. This son was infuriated with that. He took the box and he threw it down and he stormed out of his father's office and he never spoke to him again. How sad of a story is that? That's kind of tough, isn't it? Y'all can talk back to me. It's all good. Sad, isn't it? He didn't even crack the Bible. Now, I'm going to tell you tonight where I'm coming from. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I'm old school, I guess. I don't know, but, but I believe that. And I believe the Bible is full of truths. And I believe that if the Bible you know, speaks to it, it's truth. So I'm coming from that position. You know what I mean? I'm not here to do apologetics about the Scripture, but that's my, my view on the Scripture. So if that offends you, I'm sorry, but that's the way I believe. I want you to take your Bibles, and I want you to turn to Deuteronomy 1.6. If you don't have a Bible, let's turn the screen. How about that? Now check this out. It says, these are the words that Moses spoke to all of the people of Israel while they were in the wilderness east of the Jordan River. They were camped in the Jordan Valley near Suf between Parant on one side and Tophel, Laban, Hazaroth, and Dizahab on the other. Aren't you proud I said those, huh? <laughs> Mama, that education's paying off. Normally, it takes 11 days to travel from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, going by the way of Mount Seir. But 40 years after the Israelites left Egypt on the first day of the 11th month, Moses addressed the people of Israel, telling them everything the Lord had commanded him to say. This took place after he had defeated King Sion of the Amorites, who had ruled in Heshbon, and King Og of of Bashan, who had ruled in Ashtaroth and Edari. While the Israelites were in the land of Moab, east of the Jordan River, Moses carefully explained the Lord's instructions as follows. And this is what I want you to look at right here. When we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord 
our God said to us, you have stayed at this mountain, say it with me, long enough. Pray with me. Father, we're thankful for this day, Lord. Thank you for the many blessings. Thank you for those this morning that made decisions to follow you, Lord, in our services. And just, God, thank you for the beautiful day. Lord, opportunity here tonight to share. I'm honored and I'm humbled. I pray, God, that you would speak through me and, and that your Holy Spirit would speak to each one of us as we study the Scripture together. We pray it in Jesus' name and everybody together said, Amen. Okay, so they've got this story here, and there were all these names and so forth. I can't be still. You guys, you know me. You know I can't be still, so I've got to come down here. I'm not going to touch you or come over and get you or anything, tap you on the shoulder. Here's this story. We've got the children of Israel, and they were, they were in bondage. You guys know the Egyptians. And so then they came out, you know, and they were going across, and they were going to the promised land. God made a covenant with them, Bob, and it was exciting, and they had their, their, they had their direction they were going to go. And God told them to do this, and so they began to do this. And, and then all of a sudden, something started happening, and they were having a little this kind of thing. And they got up there to the edge, right at the edge, and the Lord said to them, you know, hey, I'm with you. But they got off the track just a little bit. Kind of sounds like my life. When they left Egypt, there was 11 days they could have gotten to this thing. Have we got that map? Is that next? Am I yeah, check this out. See the blue line? There's where they could have went in the blue line. But instead, because they didn't follow the Lord, the yellow line is the way that they wound up going, and it took them 40 years. Sounds like my life. What's up with that, right? God made a covenant with these people for, him, for them to follow him, for them to go the way that he had told them to go. Tonight, as we study this, we see that they were running around out here in the wilderness for 40 years, and they get to this mountain, and they were camped around this mountain. And we think, that's bizarre. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard of in my life. What reason would they possibly stay around that mountain, and why? What mountain are you camped around tonight? And what mountain am I camped around tonight? Any mountains in your life? I would venture to say that there is. There's maybe some mountains, maybe something like a mountain of fear, a mountain of resentment, a mountain of religion. Ooh, there he goes. A mountain of anger, a mountain of self-pity, a mountain of hurt, or maybe a mountain of unforgiveness. You see, we're human beings. And we're the same as these folks. We got the same kind of issues and same kind of problems many times. We have these things that come into our life and it's like, what am I supposed to do with this? And sometimes it's so big that we don't even know what to do with it. And, we, and, we, and so we tackle it. And we don't even ask God what to do. Children of Israel, example. Same kind of thing. And they wandered around like this forever. So we got these things in our lives. You know, I, uh, I was involved in a ministry years ago, and, and it was part of a, a 12-step ministry. Those of you that don't know what that is, it's, it's you know, uh, a program where you get you, you, uh, alcohol and addiction is what it was. The first step of a, of, a, of a self-help program, you know what it is? It's to admit that you're powerless. And you know what? That's hard to do, isn't it? We don't want to do that. We don't want to admit that we're powerless over anything. Some of us men are even worse, right? I 
I believe that there's a principle in this story that applies to us. And here's the thing that we have to do. And this is the thing that I want you to understand. We've got to follow God. He has a plan in our life. Now, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching at me because you're looking at a poster child for this. I'm one of those people, those of you that I've shared some of my story with, I started out really cool, man, coming out of, uh, coming out of Egypt. I got on a pilgrimage. I met this beautiful girl. We were crazy in love with each other. Still are. But, I mean, it started out like that. And you know what happened? I, I said, I'm going this way. And I started going this way, and all of a sudden, something started happening. And then something started happening. And the next thing you know, you get distracted, don't you? And you know why that happened to me? Because I took my eyes off of the Lord. Now, that's not always the reason. Things can happen in your life. But I was lucky that I had a godly woman that stood beside me, prayed for me, prayed with me about those kinds of things. And as we go through these things, we have to stay focused on the Lord. That's my point. Children of Israel kind of got off the track. They wasn't paying attention. How much time have we spent this past week in the Word of God? Oh, now there he goes, getting a little hard on us now. We have to stay in fellowship with the Lord, don't we? Don't we have to walk with the Lord? How much time do we spend with him? The children of Israel got, they lost sight of what they were doing. And it's easy for us to do that. That's why we have church. That's why we have share groups. That's why we come over here on Wednesday night, Sunday morning. It ain't just come over here and show off how pretty we are. We come in this place to be encouraged, to hear a word from the Lord, and to know that God has a plan for our lives. We walk by faith. I read a story, I read a, a, a paragraph. Listen to this. A Christian writer talk. Here's an example of faith. This guy was a reading this uh, about a a person that was in a a concentration camp. Here's what he said. A Christian writer tells about writing a wall, writing found on a wall of a Christian uh, concentration camp, and it says, I believe in the sun even though it doesn't shine. I believe in love even when it isn't shown. And I believe in God even when he doesn't speak. Can you imagine that kind of faith? 2 Corinthians, Paul says, we set our eyes on what we see, uh, on what we do not, not what we see, but on what we cannot see. What we see will last only a short time, but what we cannot see will last forever. Here's the difference. When tragedy strikes in our lives, when things come into our lives, as we're on this journey, we're left to choose what we see, the hurt or the healer. Back to the story with me. I chose to choose the hurt, and I got off the track. And I'm here to tell you tonight It's not a good way to go. Those mountains that come up in our lives, when you're confronted with those, we make decisions, conscientious decisions. And sometimes we make decisions to go the wrong way. Thank God for his grace. Somebody say amen. Thank God for his mercy. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be here tonight. We learned this lesson that when we are walking on this path, there are things that are going to happen. It's, it's, we're in a fallen world. It's going to happen. There's no way. You can't go isolate yourself. The children of Israel were on this thing, on this journey, and things started happening. But you've got to stay focused. Stay focused. That's hard for a guy like me with ADD. That's the first time I've said that in a long time. That's the first time I've said that in a while. <laughs> Somebody told me I need to... to claim that victory in that. And I'm working on that, you know, and I think it is getting a little better. Can you tell? You can laugh. Go ahead. The difference is that we look to the healer. 
you know, the children of Israel left and they had their eyes on the Lord and things kind of started beating them up. And the next thing you know, they were over here. And it can happen like that. It can happen in our lives like that. That's why it's important that we stay in fellowship and stay together. First thing that we have to do is recognize that we can't do this on our own. If we could, there wouldn't be any reason for that. The cross. Jesus Christ said, I come that you have life and have it more abundantly. And so when these things happen to us, we must stay grounded in who we are in Christ. David understood this in the Old Testament. Psalms 28, he says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart's trusting in him. So I received help. My heart is triumphant. I give thanks to him with a song. David was a picker. That's pretty cool, isn't it? When something happens in your life, what's the first thing that you do? I'm asking you. What's the first thing you do? Does it go, okay, Lord, how do you want me to handle this? Or is it fly off the handle and say, I got this? Because you're looking at somebody that I was one of those and am one of those from time to time, and I'm, I'm getting better. I'm working at it because it happens so quickly. But God wants to be a part of our lives, and that's why Jesus came. And we have to recognize that we need him in our life and that he's, he's the key to this thing. Philippians 4, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we must give it to the Lord, and we must recognize that we can't do it on our own. That's the number one thing. Number two, we must seek God's will daily. You know, it, it blows my mind when we get to talk about these mountains that get into our lives. The mountain of religion can be sometimes amazing because it can be so distracting. Come on. You with me? You know, well, I did this, I did that, but we completely cut off from other people around us. It's like Johnny Cash had a song out. I don't know if anybody remembers who he was or not, but I do. He had a song out that said, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. God called us to be in the world, but not of it. And when we leave here tonight, we're going to be out there, and it's going to happen. But we are light, and we are not alone. We're going through a wilderness, but you're not by yourself. You are not alone. James 1 uh, talks about applying these principles. We're supposed to be doers of the word and not just hearers. How do we do this? Well, there's a couple things. We do it through the word, through reading of the scripture. I've never picked this book up. Make sure I'm telling you the truth, but I believe this to be true. I've never picked this book up, but what I wasn't encouraged when I set it down. All the years that I've read it and studied it. I've, I've read things in there that I didn't understand. That's not what worries me. What worries me are the things I understand, like loving people. But the Word will give us strength. The Bible says that it's life. It's water, living waters. We do it through fellowship. Wednesday night, there were over 700 kids went through this building over whichever side it's on. We reached out in the community. The church left the building over there. Okay. How cool is that? You get what I'm saying? We do it through fellowship. Being encouraged by it. You ever come in here and you just feel beaten down? You just feel like you can't hardly catch another breath? And you sit down and somebody next to you walks over and goes, Hey man, how you doing? It's like, you really care? Yeah, I do. And through fellowship. That's why it's important that we do that. And then finally, through prayer. How much time do we spend in prayer? I, you know what? I've never prayed until my sweat became as drops of blood. 
But if you look at Jesus' life, he was constantly pulling away from the crowd and going somewhere to a quiet place and praying. There's even a member in this church that has a tent that goes out in this tent and prays. How cool is that? Huh? Got a prayer tent instead of a prayer closet. Prayer, you can't ever do too much of that. We have to apply these principles to our lives on a daily basis. Jesus said, by this will you know that these are my disciples, because we love each other. Those things that you're camped around tonight, those things that you can't seem to let go of, those things that are hindering you from walking with the Lord, are you addressing them? Or are you just letting them consume you? There's a prayer that we pray. It says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. You know, one thing I've found in my life is you can't change people. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. I can, I can change with God's help what's in my life, but I can't change people. Accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. It takes courage sometimes to make a change, doesn't it? Huh? Have something in your life, and it, you know it's not good for you, and it's like, man, i got to make a change. You know what? Whew, that's hard. And then the third part of this really gets tough, the wisdom to know the difference. That's tough, isn't it? But through prayer and through the Holy Spirit, we can know the difference. I'm just dumb enough to believe that tonight. And I believe that God will speak to us through those things. You know, and then when you realize that you have a purpose in your life, this is, this is the, one of the other things I want to talk about just a little bit, is that we have a purpose in our life, that God created you. You're the only you here. Think about that for a second. You're the only you anywhere. Critter, you're unique. And God made you unique, Bob. And he made you unique. I'm going down the list. And God gave you gifts and and talents to use for his purposes. And when you realize that you have a purpose, it kind of lifts you up a little bit, doesn't it? I have a friend that that I've been working with for the last year and a half. And I've seen this guy go through this. And you know what happened when we were down here like this? He didn't feel like he had a purpose. He said, I don't feel like I got anything. And I said, are you kidding me? I said, if you could see me through your eyes and see the gifts that God has given you, you'd be the most arrogant person you've ever met in your life. I talked to him last week, and things have turned to 360. And he said, you know what did it? Jesus did it through prayer. He said, man, I'll tell you what. He said, I love my life now. I get up, and I got a purpose. And I said, whoa, dude, can I come over and have some of what you're doing? He said, man, I'm I'm in the Word. I'm in fellowship, and I'm excited about what Jesus is doing. What mountain are you camped around tonight? You got some anxiety in your life? You got some resentment? Somebody done your wrong? You know, see, this is the part. Now, this is a tough one for me because I'm a redneck hillbilly. I know you're shocked. I mean, I grew up like that. You know what I mean? It's part of who I uh, culture. And it's like, you do me wrong, I'll do you twice as wrong. That ain't the words of Jesus, is it? And so we get in that, don't we, Chris? Chris comes in my office sometimes, and I'm like, right? It's like, let it go. And there's some freedom to letting it go, isn't there? But you can't do that by yourself sometimes. Don't let that be a mountain that causes you to roam around. Claim the victory and know that God has a plan for your life and a purpose. There's a passage of Scripture in Jeremiah 29. Here's what it says. 
For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you what? What? Hope. And what else? That ought to make you have a little step in your pep. You know what I mean? I'm serious, Kevin. Really. There's hope in Jesus. You know what? Man, I get, I, it blows my mind. You go into some of these church, churches and you see people that are Christians and they're like, well, you know, just thank God for what he's done for me. And they're miserable. What is up with that? God gives us the spirit of joy. It doesn't mean that we're always winning, but it means we have hope. And he's got a plan for your life. Every one of you sitting in here tonight. Now you say, well, I mean, you don't know what I've been going through here lately. I said, yeah, really? You're wandering around? Give it to the Lord. Let it go. Give it to him. He wants it. And he wants you to prosper. Now, I'm not one of these name it and claim it kind of guys, but I do believe, you know, that God wants us to have peace and joy in our lives. And that doesn't come from things. My wife says to me, if money can buy it, it's not important. A lot of truth to that, isn't it? It doesn't bring happiness. Because of what Christ did on the cross, we can be overcomers. And that is the story of the gospel. And there's power in the blood, as the song says. There's power in the blood. And I, I, you know, I just don't get a religion or a faith that doesn't change your life. It doesn't mean we don't go through things. It doesn't mean we're not going to have issues at, at times. I've told you, my life was like that off and on. I got off the rails a little bit. I got off the rails a lot. But my wife never quit praying for me. Because of what Christ did, we can be overcomers. Do you believe that tonight? Do you truly believe that? If he can raise himself from the dead, think of what he can do in your life. Think about what he can do in your life, how he can change and transform your life. The Bible says that we're to be transformed, not conformed. Are you transformed or are you conforming? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? There's hope in Jesus. There's hope in Jesus. First, we have to admit that God is our source. We've got to go to him first. And we must admit that we're powerless. You know the story I told you about the guy in the car, the young man in the car? He didn't speak to his father for several years. got a call one day and they said your father's ill you need to come home if you want to see him he got home too late his father had passed away he was going through his stuff in the office in that room he walked over to one drawer and he picked up pulled this up drawer open he picked it up and guess what was in there the bible that he had given him that the split was over he took that bible out and he went like this and when he opened it up key fell out on the floor. It was a key to that brand new car. (laughs) It's my life in a lot of circumstances. See, I think of the outcome, and I try to push my agenda, and God has a plan in our lives, and it's in this book, and it's in the story of Jesus. It's in the story of Jesus. There's hope. The children of Israel, the story that I was telling you about, the the straight 
straight line versus the crooked line. Here's, here's the cool part about all this. Just because you got a crooked line doesn't mean you have to give up. Some of those folks, because of the time that was involved, never got to see the promised land. And the leader was one of them. His name was Moses. But there was a whole bunch of them that did. And there was a new leader that came in behind them. So tonight, here's what I want to tell you. What mountain are you camping around? Jesus is the hope. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't mean there won't be repercussions. God's waiting and willing to work with us, each one of us, and help us through whatever it is we're going through. These mountains that we go through, these things that we camp around, you don't have to be there if you don't want to be. You can move forward. I don't hear one amen in the place. You don't have to be there. God wants to take that from us. Where are you at tonight? I uh, wasn't really going to talk about this, but I'm going to close with this. There was a time in my life where I uh, had a situation that happened and, and, and it caused me to be bitter. And it was bitter against an individual. Yeah, come on up. And I realized after I was in this thing about two years that it really wasn't affecting that person in any way, shape, or form. The only person that was affecting was me. That the mountain that I was camped around of bitterness was wearing me out, not them. They didn't even really care. And I remember the day that I said, you know what, I'm going to start working on this. And how do I do this, God? How do I do this? And I was reading in the scripture and it said, pray for those that use you. Despitefully use you. You know what I'm talking about in the gospel where Jesus talked about that? So I thought, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start praying for this person. That's what I'm going to do because I'm good and they're not. And you know what happened? I began to pray, and it was when I was on the road uh, traveling a lot. And I was staying in hotels. And I can remember going in, 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 the mor- in the mornings, I'd do my devotions. And I can remember sitting down and going, okay, God, Lord, I just pray you, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I don't really mean it, Lord, but I'm asking you anyway. And I did that for six months, religiously. Because when you're in a hotel by yourself, traveling, Everything you do is kind of a, it comes of a habit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it wasn't like me and my wife got up and said, oh, I got distraction today. I'd get up and I'd go, okay, well, I've brushed my teeth. Now I got to pray. So I'd... after about six months, I started, Lord, I just pray that you bless that person, blah, 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 blah. And you know what? I started meaning it. And it was freeing. It was absolutely the most incredible thing I've ever done in my life in terms of, of letting something go. What's your mountain? There's a God that loves you and wants you to uh, let it go tonight. Pray with me. Stand up and let's pray together. Lord, we know that all forgiveness comes for you, from you. And we pray, God, tonight that as we, we've looked at this passage of Scripture where it talks about camping around the mountain, we pray, God, that uh, we just rely upon you to show us the direction. Sometimes we have to stay there for a little while because you're not finished with us there. But those of us here tonight that are, that are in those places and you're telling us to move on, God, we ask you to give us the courage and the strength to do that. To do whatever it is that we need to do, but to be redemptive and to draw closer to you, Lord. Lord, we love you and we thank you and we thank you for your presence that we felt. We thank you for this church, for this place that we can come and worship and pray. So God, tonight as we enter this time of commitment, I just pray, Lord, that 
word's gone out and that people have been touched and hopefully encouraged because we need each other. We truly need each other, Lord. And so we just pray now that you be with us through the rest of this time. And we uh, ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.